0: Sisters in Music, Together We Are Stronger. My guest today is a vocalist, composer, and producer, and has been featured as a vocalist on over 500 Indian film soundtracks. Currently signed as an artist on Sony Music India, he released an instrumental album called Vrindavan. He additionally collaborated with Grammy Award winner Ricky Cage on his two Grammy-winning albums, Winds of Samsara and Divine Tides, as a vocalist and vocal arranger. He additionally recently debuted as a singer in an Indian film musical by Academy Award-winning composer A.R. Rahman of Slumdog Millionaire. Please join me in welcoming the super talented David E. Combin. How are you, David?
1: I'm doing great, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: You are most welcome. I'm really excited. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're calling in from India, which is really exciting, and we really appreciate yes. it.
1: <laughs> Technology so- is great.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Kick things off here. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in music.
1: Okay, so I'm basically a Jersey boy. I grew up most of my uh, early years still college in New Jersey. And I was, you know, into uh, music right from, you know, a young age of five. I was always into listening to pop, the whole top 40. And then by the time I got to junior high school, my taste shifted towards, like, hard rock, like, you know, bands like Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, and then eventually went on to, like, Van Halen and Metallica. And that's when I was you know into you know into playing guitar, and then once I kind of saw that more than the guitar players, these singers are getting more attention. Then I kind of shifted over to like George Michael and Richard Marks and like John Cicada type of music, and I joined the uh, the high school choir, and that's how I started my singing. Uh, and uh, and then eventually, because I'm from you know southern India, so there's a huge you know uh, South Indian population in the U.S. And I used to see a lot of the uh, Indian artists, you know, from the 80s and 90s having and performing there. And that's how I kind of started, like, okay, let me try and, you know, get a break in that particular industry. And that's how I kind of initially got signed with a licensee of Warner Brothers in India, and they were called MagnaSound. And so they were, like, releasing, like, uh, Van Halen's albums in India as the licensee partner. So they signed me up, and then that's how they flew me to India in the uh, summer of 97, and I think within a few months... Uh, of my first album that I released. I Academy Award winning uh, composer A.R. Rahman listened to my album and then he called me and gave me my debut You know, uh, what to call it, a Bollywood song, which is titled "O Maria, and then that's what launched my singing career in India. This is my 24th year as of this month <laughs> that I've been in the industry uh, over here in India, and it's been a lot of fun. I've got to travel the world singing Indian music, <laughs> so it's been a, a wonderful journey and in recent times, I Joined the, uh, the the Recording Academy, uh, like you, and I'm also a fellow voting member. So I got to meet more international artists and getting a, a much more global exposure now. You know, which is what I've been doing the last two years. I wanted to kind of get out of my comfort zone in in the uh, South Indian music scene and try and you know break into the global market.
0: That is absolutely fantastic. You probably don't even know this about me. I am. A Jersey girl as well. I actually was born in wow. Jersey and, and <laughs> spent many of my young years there too. So, you know, you're talking about a lot oh, of nice. the uh, Jersey bands, the hair bands, and all of that stuff. So, I can certainly relate.
1: Yes. Well, which, which cou- town were
0: you in? So, I was in southern Jersey for the most part. So, down by the shore, like Stone Harbor, Wildwood area.
1: Oh, nice. I love Wildwood. That's where my marching men always used to do the, uh, the Labor Day parade. <laughs> Every year <laughs> for Memorial Day Parade. Oh
0: my gosh! Yeah. What a small world.
1: My family still resides in Jersey, so we're in Cherry Hill. Uh, you know, just a little bit. Uh, I think just a, the initial southern part of New Jersey. <laughs> so it's great.
0: I know. I get to go to Atlantic City more often.
1: <laughs>
0: yep. Well, no, I know where Cherry Hill is because we lived there for two years at one point in time. So, wow, small world. No worries. Awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about the work that you did with three-time Grammy-winning musician Ricky Cage because I know that you had the honor of working with him on two of his Grammy-winning albums.
1: Yeah, but me and Ricky have been buddies since 2005. So, you know, we met again through uh, my mentor who, you know, initially flew me to India. So, I mean, uh, Ricky lives in another city called Bangalore, which is kind of like in the western side of South India. It's a very cosmopolitan city, if you want to call it that. And he was doing a lot of ad commercial work and, you know, audiovisual work. And he was also doing the whole lounge music, is what I remember he told me. Like he had a couple of lounge albums that he initially released, and then slowly he was, you know, developing more and more albums. He did an album uh, called Shanti Orchestra. Which actually was one of his big was one of his earlier big albums uh, that he initially you know uh, collaborated on a few tracks with next collaborator Walter Kellerman from South Africa and that's why you know came to know that Ricky is kind of you know pushing his music on a global stage you know when he when he released Shanti Orchestra in 2012 and by then I already like you know was doing a lot of other work for him and then in 2013 is when 13 14 is when I initially sang uh, my portions uh, of one of the tracks on. Wins the Samsara and that's when he said, "You know, I'm doing this big album with, with Water, you know, together, and we're, you know, we're, you know, getting musicians from all over the world. Uh in front from New York, of Africa, you know, they had this whole concept of, you know, bringing, you know, uh, Mandela meets Gandhi and talking about, you know, peace, uh, of, you know, how both countries have, you know, uh, advocated peace uh, through their leaders of that time. And it won the Grammys. You know, I remember I still remember December 2014. He got nominated, and I was so excited for him. And then I think uh, end of Jan or early Feb 2015, it won the Best New Age category. So I was extremely thrilled for him, and it was a, a major feat that he did. You know, being at young age of I think 31 or 32, and he uh, he won that along with Walter. And of course, it made the entire country really proud. The you know, youngest Grammy winner at that time.
0: Yes, and that's one of my favorite albums. That is actually right around the time that I met Ricky and Walter as well. So. We are, have mutual friends in in that particular musician world. I know the two of them quite well as well, and it is actually one of my favorite albums in that particular category, and still is today. So fantastic! All right, I am gonna have to pick on him about the lounge album stuff because I didn't <laughs> <even> know that. <laughs>
1: no, but, but, so. no, but he 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 did really well with that. He had um. Uh, a couple of albums that really did well with universal and that's how i knew that you know, he was getting his music heard outside of india you know, because it was a very big challenge you know the, the, at the time before youtube and spotify you know that getting your albums is all about you know you had to manufacture your own cds and get them you know physically distributed i mean today you can just write a song in your bedroom you know record it on your laptop mix and master it at home and just upload it mm-hmm. to any of your you know distribution online you know Companies that it's available for anybody on the planet to listen to on any of the streaming apps, you know, and uh, which is a huge shortcut in today's market. But back then, you know, you had to have a lot of, you know, willpower, you know, to go through making the artwork and do the, the master CD, make sure, you know, everything is right and, you know, make sure your, your CDs are distributed to the right stores and you're going to the right, you know, uh, distribution companies. It's, it's a lot of work have to do that which, you know, I really always uh, commended him and was uh, really uh, amazed how he was so disciplined in doing that. You know, he was very relentless about, you know, keeping, he was was striving and he still is striving. I don't think I've ever seen a day since then that Ricky's on vacation. He's working and working and working. No,
0: (laughs) you're exactly correct. Even today, I do know that about him. All right. Well, let's switch gears and let's talk about your music because you just released a new album. I believe yes. I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly again. So it's
1: I'll, I'll called. I'll, Brindavan? I'll start it for you. It's called Brindavan.
0: Brindavan. Okay. So great. Yeah. So yeah. I was close. So that actually but was, not, yeah, it, Brindavan it, actually was a very
1: mythological place where there was a uh, uh, a mythological god called Krishna and he was always known for playing the bamboo flute or like the bansuri as they call that. So Brindavan is a place or the garden where he was always like roaming around. So that's why I called it Brindavan, because there's a lot of, you know, flute, uh, Indianized flute, combined with smooth jazz sax, which I had collaborated with uh, my friend Nell Bucktower, who lives in uh, Mauritius. He's a trained jazz um, saxophone player. And then my other friend Vijay Gopal and another friend named Kamalakar. So both of these uh, gentlemen played a lot of the flute on the album. So that was just like my kind of like, you know, getting my old smooth jazz influences, combining it with. No contemporary Indian music, if you want to call it that.
0: I do want to call it that, but I had not heard a lot of your music before we started talking about bringing you on the show. And when you shared right. with me this next, I'm going to play a walk through Brindavan, and we're going to put that on in just a minute. I actually was right. very, very surprised because I was not expecting the contemporary instrumental jazz flavor at all. I really wasn't right. <laughs> expecting because of you know, especially because of the vocal work that you do, right? So I was I was very right. much expecting more world music, Indian music with a lot a lot of the the Indian elements and things like that. And then I started listening to this and I'm like, ah, oh, oh my God, this is this is awesome. So I'm I'm really excited because the two songs that you sent me are fantastic and I love them and I've actually gone out and listened to the entire album after listening to those two and it's a wonderful, wonderful album and I hope you're doing well with it. You're welcome so much. I hope you're doing well with it. If not it's going to pick up because it really is a really great album and with that guys, let's put this on right now this uh, composition is called A Walk Through Brindavan And here it is by David E. Combrin. beautiful composition. I love the jazz elements in it. You've got three million plus Spotify monthly l- listeners. That is phenomenal, right? And it sounds like it's just blossomed over the past couple of years. I guess you had, you know, around yes, two thousand exactly. I wasn't
1: I um, wasn't on Spotify until two thousand twenty. So I think I just when I kind of became or I was interested in becoming a voting member is when I kind of like verified my profile. I found my profile, you know, streamlined it and got everything, you know, set. So it's, you know, verified and all of my releases, like what I've sung for other people, as well as my own work. And then I think when I I first signed on and claimed my profile, I was at about, I think, 275,000 monthly listeners. And then once I claimed it, I think within like four months, it went to like 500,000. And I was like, great that that's nice that it's growing and then i think within another couple of months i mean it hit the first million (laughs) and i was like wow okay that's nice people are you know kind of uh tuning in on on me and you know i I ended up getting more followers as well on that and for some bizarre reason it's just going up like i think five or ten grand every day (laughs) so i'm I'm really grateful to all the listeners that are tuning into my music and searching for my music you know on spotify and uh, it's great. I mean, just, I'm just happy that audiences are listening to the work, you know, and at least coming to uh, search for my work and come to my page and you know and follow. So I'm I'm pretty happy with that.
0: Yeah, you should be because being a fellow artist. I mean, I have nowhere near that many amount of followers, right? I mean, it's it just goes to the testament of the work that you've done, right? With with singing and a lot of films and having a lot of music and working with, you know, people like Ricky, right? I mean, it just goes to the testament of the hard work that you've put in and I think it's absolutely awesome.
1: Well, it's, it's been a great journey. I really, I mean, I, I just love the journey. I'm really not looking at uh, you know, how far I'm going. I'm just happy to keep going in any direction forward, <laughs> which is the best thing for any artist, you know, to drive for. Just keep going forward and Enjoy every moment of everything new that's coming in,
0: and that's all that we can do, right?
1: Yes, and especially in today's you know climate of music, you know, because gone are the days of like you know having big labels distribute your CDs and companies. Everything is you know digital, and people are just swiping on all the apps, whether it's TikTok or Instagram. So you need not you need not be a big major label artist to be recognized today. Uh, across the globe, you could be singing any kind of a song in any language. And I think ever since the Gangnam Style became a global hit back in 2012, mm. it's really opened up, uh, you know, the music community to not just, you know, attack for, you know, um, English music.
0: One of the questions that I ask all of my composers, singers, songwriters, is do you have any type of composing or songwriting tip or trick that you would like to share. So I'm going to ask you that question now, also. Uh,
1: well, actually, I think it can come for inspiration, comes for anything. I feel, you know, if you, because uh, if you, you know, uh, when I did the walk through Vrindavan, uh, the song itself, you know, initially it was just a song that I kind of, you know, produced. And that just kind of came, you know, because it's not in a 4 4 tempo, it's in a 5 4 time signature. And then I actually was listening to something uh there was like a nice sax player that I found on Instagram and I'm like, I just love that sax tone. I would love to make a, a song with this kind of a sax tone. And this is like uh June of two thousand twenty one. And then I recalled I had another, you know, musician friend in Mauritius who was Nell Bucktower. I called him and I said, You have a recording setup at home. I have a melody in my head. Can we work on it? And can I send you the you know, the uh, the tracks to just play over and then he said, Sure. And then I said, Okay, let me take this tune and let me like make two variations of it where it's like one interpretation is like the whole like uh, smooth jazz, you know, genre which is like with the flavor of like Grover Washington, Kenny G or a, a Dave Cause kind of a, you know, take on it. And then let me mix it with like an Indianized flute. And just, you know, it'll be like a whole the melody, you know, presented in two different interpretations together as a duet. And then when the final master came, I was like thrilled. I I got to work with a full uh twenty one piece string section and Uh, Indian percussion players, uh, and, uh, you know, it just was a great meeting of a lot of talent in one song. And both the lead players, Vijay Gopal and Nell, they just really uh, did an incredible job with the melody, which I'm just grateful for their interpretations. you know, of, uh, they they took it to the next level, you know. Though I composed it, they're the soul behind the song.
0: Yes. And it's good. I love that inspiration can come from anywhere, and you're exactly correct. Lots of people do various fun things to get inspiration with their compositions and their music. and I love the fact that you did different versions or tried different elements and things like that because because that actually helps as well too. So that's a great tip. Awesome. Okay, this is a great place to take a short break here from a word from one of our partners in podcasting. This is my CFF. This is Chatting with Nat. We'll be right back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris here on the Sim Radio Network. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. And we're back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris on the Sam Radio Network. And my guy, David E. Combrin. We talked a little bit about earlier about the fact that you grew up in New Jersey, right? You know, so
2: yes,
0: yes. it's not a very common journey to go from New Jersey to Indian cinema, global performances yeah, and yeah. things like that. And you obviously alluded to some of that already, but let's talk about this journey because it is unique. And now you're living in India. You're doing yeah. all these fun things.
1: Uh, my first uh, New Jersey township where I went to like kindergarten and my early grade school was uh ocean township which is, like, right next to Asbury Park. Bruce Spring Exactly. You know, so, uh, so by the time I was, like, you know, in, because initially we were in Ohio, and uh, I was just there hardly for, like, two years, you know, when I was, like, uh, a toddler, when my parents initially moved to the U.S. And then, but right from the age of four, I just fell in love with music. I, I remember when the first song that gave me a lot of emotional impact uh, was this song called, It's Gonna Be a Cool Night. Just let me hold you by the firelight. I think his name is Paul Davis, if I'm not mistaken. That was the first yeah, song that really, like, that really haunted me at the age of four. And I heard that at a hospital because I actually uh, you know, broke my, my uh, ring finger in one of the spring doors. It kind of crushed. So I was stuck in the hospital overnight. And then this song was on the radio. And I was like, wow, it's a great song. And then other songs like from Air Supply and Queen and Blondie, I mean, and Michael Jackson's, you know, uh, Don't Stop to Get Enough and Rock with You. And then you had like Paul and Oates came in at that time, and then Air Supply was there. So all these great pop artists were giving great music, and then I just got addicted to it. So by the time I got to New Jersey, you had like uh, Phil Collins came out, you know, You Can't Hurry Love, you know, <laughs> that was out, and you had like Lover Boy. And uh I mean you name it. And then it just kept going on and on and then uh and then came uh thriller. Like thriller came out in eighty three when we beat it and then that's it. it. just like by then I was like so immersed in music, like all I did every day after school was just have the radio on. And uh whenever I could, I would just tape the songs off the uh off the radio onto my cassette because I, I think at that time my parents weren't too keen on spending ten, twelve dollars on original uh audio cassettes every month, you know for <laughs> and then i and back then i used to remember they kept on having these uh these offers on uh, on tv you know where you could buy like a, like three uh three records with like uh, 40 you know songs compiled together i don't know if you remember that you like know, pay like a penny first and then you pay like you know installments yes. for like 20 dollars a month for like a year <laughs> for those three albums
0: yeah exactly
1: i i remember the first saw the first cd was uh, off the wall off the wall was the first cd I saw they were selling at, you know, uh, a Tower Records or a, I forgot the name of the record stores back then, uh, you know, a record town or something. And I was like, wow. Because I would always go and check out these albums just to see the credits and see pictures because I was never going to be, you know, buying them at the time. I just was always an ardent fan of, you know, different artists at the time. And then by the time I got to junior high school, and I by then I shifted to Freehold Township from Ocean Township, which you know is like near Great Adventure, Six Flags. And by the time I, you know, reached there, Bon Jovi entered. (laughs) The whole glam rock Bon Jovi, David Lee Roth just came in with Just Like Paradise. Uh, You know, all those, like, you know, the glam rock boys, Poison just came out with Talk Dirty to Me, you know. So all these things were going on, and I'm like, you know, I bought my first guitar then when I was, like, 13, and I started playing all these tracks. Then, by the time I was in eighth grade and I grew, I had, like, a little mullet, about, like, a five-inch mullet of hair in the back. (laughs) My parents got scared because I'm always wearing, like, you know, death metal band shirts, like whether it's Megadeth or Anthrax or Metallica. And they're like, oh, my God, we had a video about our son? You know, so I was like, don't worry, Dad. I'm not, you know, I'm not smoking or smoking weed. I just like the music. And then they kind of got me, like, you know, into one Indian band, uh, you know, which was in Monmouth County. And then they asked me to join the band and play some Indian music. And initially, I was like, okay, this is, like, uh, a little odd for me. Uh, it's a very new sound that I'm listening to, and a, a, a huge, a drastic change from Metallica. If you want to put it at that. But then I, I, I started enjoying that as well. That was a whole other genre, and that's how I kind of got interested in in Indian music. And then that kind of you know continued. So I was like leading like two different genres. I was hearing you know the English music on one side from you know pop rock to heavy metal, and then I was listening to Indian music uh, on the other side. And by the time I got to high school is when my other my my immediate junior, you would definitely know him as the he's the actor Cal Penn. So Cal Pen was my, my junior. You know, he, I'm class of ninety four, he was class of ninety five. But his full name actually is Cal Pen Modi. Like the Prime Minister of India, Narendra Modi. So uh and then he, oh my. He, he changed his name too. Yeah, so that's how he changed his name from Cal Pen to Cal Penn. <laughs> so to kinda of make the whole uh uh whatever the the stage name, you know. So he split his first name into two. <laughs> and, you know, kind of the match the Sean Penn and a cow penn. And so we were the only two <laughs> Indian kids in the entire district. <laughs> Indian guys, to say the to say the least. At that particular time. And then I went to college in uh University of Illinois in Urbana Champaign and that was like when I got my first taste of like global like multicultural experience. I mean there was like everybody you was in that campus of seventy thousand students, and it just really exposed me to so much of culture, and more Indian people because I never saw Indian kids growing up till the age of eighteen. If I had to meet another Indian kid, it'd be like thirty mile drive, you know, to see another Indian kid that my dad, you know, colleague would uh, from office would have. And then that's when I realized, okay, I don't want to be an engineer. I don't want to you know do what every Indian parent is making their kids do of either becoming a doctor a lawyer, a pharmacist, or an engineer. And I was spending, you know, more time in the music hall and skipping, like, my physics classes, my calculus classes. And that's when I decided I got to do something, and, you know, and I can't do this. I, I don't want to waste my dad's money on this degree. I'd rather, you know, pursue my music career and uh, make make that happen. And that's what happened. So the summer of 95 was my, the summer of my freshman year in uh In college, And then I took the summer off and came to India and I visited another friend. And that's when I looked up the yellow pages for this record label called Magnusound, which I discovered was the uh, licensee of Warner Brothers for India. And that's how I got in. I showed them a demo tape that I made in high school and they liked it. They gave me a $10,000 contract to make an album, (laughs) which I was like, wow, in 1995, $10,000 is good money for making an album. Oh my God! So, and yeah, so I was like, I was just about like at I was like twenty, you know, when I you know decided to completely quit college completely. And by the and by the time I finished the album and came to India, I was about twenty one, and that was like a huge, like you know, it was like twenty one years in the U.S. And then suddenly I land up in India, and it's a completely like you know new jungle of of a city because you know, it's like it's a very, it's almost like another Manhattan, you know, where it's like a wolf pit. You know, you got to be on your toes and you know it's it's a mad rush of people you know looking to get a break it's almost like you know how people are auditioning on broadway you got you know you gotta be on your toes and keep facing rejection and humiliation and everything fortunately i had a good mentor who you know who guided me really well and i got a, a great opportunity with you know arm on right away within like four months of of moving to india and then by 2000 i had a great american tour with him where like i performed at a Nassau Coliseum, and then I did like the Shrine Auditorium uh, in L.A., and then we did like the Sky Dome in Toronto. So it was like my first time I'm performing at around like 20,000 people <laughs> in one go. And then that's that's been a great, you know, an, uh, an ongoing journey since. And then by 2005 is when I met up with Ricky. And, uh, you know, we became, you know, really good friends, and we were collaborating nonstop the entire, this entire time, you know. It's, we're always in touch. I even sang a song for him recently with some... Looking forward to the release of (laughs) it in the coming weeks. Oh,
0: oh, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Excellent. Well, it seems like it's been and sounds like it's been quite a journey, and I'm sure there's going to be more to come. And I just love the fact that you're a Jersey boy now with a little Indian (laughs) flair. I think it's fabulous. Awesome. Love it, absolutely love it, and you can certainly hear that influence of New Jersey in your music. I can definitely hear that and I'm looking forward to more. so let's keep things moving along and switch gears just a little bit before we get to the second song that you brought with you. Can you tell us about the collaboration that you had with two time award winning composer a r Rama because that's like a major, major, major deal. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yes, yeah, so he, I mean, he's an amazing composer. So I was a big fan of him from the time he became a composer in 93. You know, like, and he was a, a huge inspiration for me to even want to go into music full time. He he kind of brought the whole digital keyboard uh, sound to Indian music, you know? I uh, mean, the whole, you know, of bringing the, the analog sound. And he just revolutionized, you know, all of the, the generic styles of music that was that Indian music was prior to 1993, and and since then he has just been you know giving 30 years of hits. You know he's still like the number one composer in India. You know he's done a lot of uh, international films like Pele, uh, you know uh, Slumdog Millionaire, uh, you name it. He, he a lot and he it was he worked with Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, on Bombay Dreams. You know on the West End. And he's still doing a lot of other uh, films as well now, from what I know. You would have heard a lot of his songs uh, on a lot of different films. You know, They would have put um, excerpts of his music in the background scores, and some of his singles have been remixed as well into different Hollywood movies. And you definitely remember his other uh, film, which was a second nomination for the Oscars, 127 Hours, mm-hmm. uh, again for Danny Boyle.
0: He is amazing. He is amazing.
1: Yeah and he's still you know uh, looking to do new things you know in the in the field of music which is so inspiring and you know, he's not you know sitting on his laurels he's won everything you know two time grammy two time oscar BAFTA golden globe i mean like there's nothing he hasn't won on the planet <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know and recently he did a, an amazing concert in Malaysia for 72,000 people which is like uh, 3,000 more people than Michael Jackson had, <laughs> which is great. Oh
0: wow, that's fantastic! Yeah. And hopefully, you get to do more work with
1: him. Yes, I'm looking forward. It's been a while, but again, uh, I want to do things on my own these days. You know, I'm, right now because I, I came to India initially just to be a composer myself, but then I, people, you know, got interested in my singing, and then I realized that that was getting me ahead, you know, more than my music. So I said, let me just, you know, take that because that was taking me to multiple countries. Uh, for concerts and whatnot, you know, and I mean, it's it, it the the way I've been having my my touring career prior to COVID was incredible. I think you know when I used to tell that to people, they were like, "How do you do that?" And I said, like, "Even I don't know because I would I would have had a show in Toronto on like a on a Wednesday, and then like Thursday, I get a call to do another gig in in Germany, in Frankfurt, and in Amsterdam. So I would fly to Philly. I mean, fly from Philly to to Frankfurt." for the Saturday concert, Sunday do uh Amsterdam and then Monday morning uh fly back to Philly and then land in Philly and then take the flight back to Abu Dhabi from JFK and then reach India, take another plane and get back to Norway <laughs> for another show. <laughs> so I was like this is incredible. And this and this is all from doing Indian music, which is like you know, the thing that was always, you know, very um surprising. I was like I was amazed to see the global audience for Indian music.
0: Well, it's because it's different, right? It's interesting. I mean, and that's one of the things that really inspires me when listening to music is is I like to listen to things that are different. I don't like to listen to things that are constantly always the same, which is why I actually tend to gravitate towards um, you know, alternative and rock music because it, it is a little bit different, right? It's not Right, right. It can be very unstructured where I mean, I like pop, too, and I do pop, but when I'm listening to things, I actually like listening to music that, you know, I'm not hearing the same thing. They, You know, every single right, song right. sounds exactly the same because it gets boring, right? And that's where right. I think, you know, Indian music has a leg up because it combines so many different elements, right? And then... Like just right, right. the tone of, the tone of you know, the vocalists are just also so different. You just be- get pulled in and you become mesmerized. So I can certainly right, see right. that there's a market for that.
2: The
1: music today is becoming global, you know, so language is no longer a barrier mm-hmm. or a, you know, or a limitation, uh, you know, for people to like the song. Yeah. You know, like uh, people just love to hear music regardless of the, the lyric and not knowing what it means as long as it sounds great. You know, and and all the apps today, like you have Instagram and TikTok, where you're able to put different songs in your video clips, which expose and market the song more than just waiting to hear it on the radio or on, you know, there's more chances of getting exposed to music today. You know, because before you'd have to like randomly wait for a station to play a song and you you should be listening to the song at that particular time, given time, you know, that's how you'd get exposed to stuff. But today it's like everything's on your phone and you're watching every day Know your social media pages and you know uh, and different platforms that you're exposed to global things right away.
0: Yes, I completely agree. Completely agree. Okay, let's talk about. I need you now. What is this composition about?
1: Okay, so I need you now. It was a very mellow. initially I had written it for a vocal track, you know, and uh, I said I want to convert this into a instrumental track on alto sax and gave a very like um, a somber kind of a a tone to the song, kind of a very like a, a missing of the person who is, you know, no longer in your life <laughs> when you long for that person. So I, that's kind of like the the the, the basic uh, tone in which I composed the song. And I got I was so thrilled to collaborate with Grammy-winning pianist Taylor Eigsti, who played the piano, and uh, again, Nell Bucktower has played the alto sax. And a few of my other friends, you know, played bass and drums. And then I had a another a 21-piece um, string section in there as well. And I was really thrilled to see Excellent. how much of airplay that got globally. You know, it's been on UK radio, Australian radio, a couple of uh, US radio stations. And um, it's done well in the last couple of months. And it's won a few awards, like the Global Music Awards and One Earth Awards. And uh, it's again nominated for the uh, One World Music Radio Awards as well. In the contemporary instrumental.
0: Oh, how wonderful. Congratulations.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome so much. All right, well, let's put on this award winning composition. This is I Need You Now by David Ekebron. Like I said before, you know, listening through this album, I was actually very, very much like so excited because I'm sitting here going, ah, you know, this is jazz. It's got all these jazz elements and influences, but you've also blended a lot of the Indian influence as well, too, and I think it makes it very, very unique, and I can certainly see why you're winning all these awards with your music and why fans want to listen to you and
1: see you. So this is like one. What I'm, one I'm really thrilled with this whole journey now is I'm just getting back to doing music just for me. <laughs> I'm not doing anything mm-hmm. for any you know um, big film or something commercially, you know, viable. It's just whatever I feel, and I'm putting it down on you know on 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 the studio, and then I'm it's manifesting into something else with the collaboration with other artists, the inclusion from the radio stations and and the promoters who are, you know, supporting it. And that's, I'm really grateful to all of them and the listeners who are, you know, are listening.
0: Awesome. And that's all we can do, right? Thank our listeners. All right. Well, before we sign off, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? How about where they can find you on social media?
1: Yes, I'm on social media, uh, on my Instagram, uh, Dave music, uh, on Instagram. And, uh, Again, on Facebook as well as David A. Comram And um, uh, you can reach it to me on either. I mean, I'm there on Instagram, so that's the best place to reach me since everybody's on Instagram and you can connect with me and then you can look for me on Spotify as well and hear my playlist of my tracks and my other releases on my page. And I'm um, again, my profiles are there on all the platforms of Apple Music, iTunes, uh, Amazon Music and Tidal and you name it, it's all there. And do check out Brindavan. I would love for everybody to... Check out my recent album, Rindavan, and uh, let me know. I would love to hear your thoughts on that for the listeners who are hearing the music. And uh, let me know what I could do more in my upcoming project.
0: All right. Well, I'd like to thank my wonderful guest, E Combrance, for taking the time to chat with me today. It has really been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Mixing It. On behalf of all of us here at Sim Radio, this is Nikki Chris. Until next time on Mixin' It. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?